Conan, what is best in life? To crush your enemies, see them driven before you, and to hear the lamentation of the women. That is good. That is good. Flying Monkeys Wargaming Podcast, where Wargaming was easy, it'd be your mom. Your main host, Bam, here. Uh, special guest this week, uh, Warhammer Anonymous, Kyle Lamprez. What's happening, Kyle? Oh, not a whole lot of nothing. Just enjoying the wonderful warm day we had that immediately turned 25 degrees. <laughs> yeah, we. Uh, my wife and I left out for the gym, and there was a little bit of wind. And by the time we got out of the gym tonight, it was uh, it was rather cold. So it's uh, Kansas is a fickle weather place sometimes. So, <laughs> so uh, you had a pretty decent outing at Wizards GT. I'd like to talk about that tonight for those wondering what's in store. And uh, the use of Iron Storm, you've had some success. I think you've actually won a couple tournaments that are GT level with. Uh, didn't you win uh, Midmo? Midmo with I won Midmo. I've won an RTT. I got fourth at Felice. And yeah, I think motherfucker. That's I was like one one point behind you for fifth, you bastard. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but you've had some success with Iron Storm. And uh, I've been tooling around with Iron Storm stuff. So I wanted to pick your brain tonight. And uh, before we get into picking Kyle's brain, I'm going to go over the Lord Marshall standings for everybody. If I should have had those pulled up, I'm super professional here. All righty, rankings for 2024. So, start off, let's do uh, team rankings, which are still kind of messed up, but we're going to do them anyways. <laughs> it's really hard to keep track of the team one right now. <laughs> yeah, well, and. Uh, for those that are listening and wondering about the team rankings, uh, not that I always get in the habit of defending Jason Horn, but I'm going to defend Jason Horn on this one. Uh, there's some there's some back end BCP stuff that's not being dealt with right now on the team rankings, and BCP is I think pretty busy with their changeover to the web app. I yeah, there's probably just... a lot of stuff on the back burner for them right now. Yeah, I'm just going to leave it at that, so you guys can make <laughs> of that what you must. So. RIP TO app, RIP player app, uh, you will be missed. Uh, so team rankings as it sits right now, uh, in fifth place is the Outlanders. Uh, fourth place is the Rolling Sixes. Uh, third place is Hogs of War. And uh, second place is Ballers on a Budget. And uh, first place, let's see if we can hang on to it here, local in Wichita, the Flying Monkeys. Uh, where's Warhammer Anonymous, man? I you guys think, think we are there? sixth. Are you? Okay. <laughs> So you guys got some awesome players. It shouldn't be hard for you. So let's do the the individual standings. Uh, top ten in tenth uh, place right now is a uh, Kyle uh, Kyle Jack Harpster fan McCord. Uh, number nine is myself Bam Bam Hunter. Number eight is Jason Mode. Number seven is Mark Newson. Number six is Chris Schmidt. Number five, Brent Simon. Number four, Nicholas Rupel. Number three, Matt Neely. Hey, Matt Neely, good job jumping up there, man. Number two, Peyton Priest. And number one, Chris Green. There is still plenty of season left, so 
there's some people that are still looking at getting six events in. Uh, there's some scores that can be dropped off from some of those in the top 10 or some of those aiming at the top 10. And like I said, there's still some good players out there that I think just don't have enough events yet. As the season shapes up, those rankings should change. Oh, yeah, we're super uh, early. Yeah, we still got a lot of season left, even though it might not seem like it. Let's go over real quick the upcoming events uh, for what's coming up in this weekend of March, man. It's already March. Where has the time flown? Oh, yeah. It's been a hell of a year already, man. <laughs> this weekend, uh, down in uh, Fayetteville, Arkansas, or Arkansas, depending on what regionally, region you helm from, uh, the Malie at Shiloh. Uh, also up in Omaha, Nebraska, big beef beat down, uh, trainer and Cameron running that one. Pretty good dudes. Uh, second of March, which is kind of weird. That's a, a Friday, uh, endless war Bartlesville, Oklahoma. I think back at the, I'm not sure what store that's at, but it's good to see 40 K back in Bartlesville, Oklahoma. Also on the third of March. Uh, marches on RTTE and Roseville, Minnesota. So if you're up in the frozen north, there's an event you can hit for some Lord Marshall points this weekend. And uh, the weekend after that, uh, there's a Team Arcanite event, 8th and 9th of March. Is that the one that's at Planet, Kyle? I was about to say, I think that's Planet Comic Con. Yeah. Okay, so that is a GT-sized event, and I think with your ticket, you actually get into Planet Comic Con, which Planet Comic Con is one of the bigger Comic Cons in the Midwest. It's uh, I'd probably be a cool event if you're into comics and such too. So, and uh, that same weekend, there's a RTT in Sherwood, Arkansas, and Fantasy Books and Games in Fairview Heights, Illinois. Uh, RTT and the ISO Games in Wasu, Wisconsin, up in the frozen north. And showdown at New World's RTT in Oklahoma City. Good to see 40k back in Oklahoma City. Oh yeah, and uh, man, we're uh, we got a action packed schedule in the Lord Marshall. Man, it's cool to see this many events firing right now. And you guys got a uh, Perils of the Geekery coming up here pretty soon, don't you? Is that in yeah, April or? I believe I believe that is literally the very beginning weekend of April, or it is the last weekend of March. I think it's the the first weekend of April though. Okay, and there's still last I saw there was tickets available. Yep. Um, Jenny Jenny Merton runs a pretty good show, so go up there and uh, attend that event. Support the Kansas City crowd. A uh, good bunch of dudes up there. Yeah, so, that might be a uh, farewell to player place terrain in that area. So, yeah. So let's uh, real quick, man. Since you broached that, I know we didn't necessarily announce it up front. So you got to play. I know you've previously played on the GW style terrain before. Uh, what did you think of a of a local GT running GW place terrain? Because we ran, I think, uh, setup one and setup three for Wizards GT. Correct. And and uh, I think it turned out pretty well. What was your What was your takeaway at the end of the weekend? Um, I've I've always had mixed opinions on GW terrain, uh, especially when they were doing the old you know big twelve by twelve pieces because it really made playing the game feel very odd. Um, and then they started to change that design up. And now we've got these new layouts, which use a lot smaller, more rectangular pieces. And the game you can tell feels like it's meant to be played on GW train. Like when you look at the rules that they're running, how stratagems interact, the points costs for certain units, things like that. 
you could tell the game's meant to be on it and meant to be balanced around it. And once you actually start getting on those tables, it does change up the kind of armies that you play. You do lose a couple of things, but you also get protected. You want to move through walls. The big thing that I think people with vehicles have to get used to is the the small, like two inch walls. You're like, man, I'm just going over this ruin. And when you play like old uh, ITC style and like old player place terrain, ruins were, you know, ruins. They're five inches tall all the way around, massive. And you're like, nah, that's that's impassable. I don't know what you're talking about. So like getting that through your head that you're like, nah, man, I'm just going to yeet right into the middle of the board <laughs> over this wall uh, becomes a much more viable tactic. Especially when like, oh yeah, the, the terrain's only four or five inches deep. I got plenty of movement. I could just go, go, go. So it's it's really neat. Um, I'm starting to embrace it. Uh, the mix with first four blocks line of sight, I did have a couple. There are some armies on certain missions with certain layouts that feel really oppressive. Um, and you just got to know those matchups. Like layout one, corner deployments versus orcs is backbreaking. They just hide yeah. behind those walls and then like turn two, <laughs> they're like, we're one, baby. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. Uh, I am. We had enough orc players. I should have heard at least one suitable log over the weekend, and I heard zero. I the very kind of timid orc players. They they yes. like to keep it on the down low. <laughs> <laughs> the classy fucking orcs, apparently. So, <laughs> yeah. No, you raised a good point, and I think that some of it is the. Uh, you kind of get the best of both worlds in some ways. Like you can you can still bring your big ass land raider. You know, you can still bring your big stompy robot. And then you could still, you know, bring infantry and have infantry, you know, karate units be viable if you're using the terrain to your advantage. And, oh, yeah. and I think I think player placed really I don't know, player placed really favors, I feel like, gunline armies in a lot of ways. And then there's also the metagame within the metagame that if you're just not good at player placed terrain and you run into some dude like Dan Sammons who's really good at player placed terrain, you know, you're just gonna have a bad day. And, yep. and, and this also, I feel like speeds up games. It's one less thing to worry about. And that is between really tables, nice. you know, it's just, you go up to the table and then like, you know, the mission, you know, the layout. And if you did your homework, you might've done the layout over the mission where the objectives are supposed to be. So you kind of already have an idea of what you're doing for deployment for that time, that round. Um, I, I started out not a fan. And then I started to kind of see what I think they were going for, and I became a fan. And that's why I think we're kind of moving to that here as well. And so I, the one I was kind of surprised by, I think Colin, uh, Colin K came to the event, which if you know Colin, um, he's a great player. Colin's a really good player out of uh, out of Colorado. And uh, he was really skeptical about playing on GW terrain. And I think by the end of the event, he was kind of swayed a little bit that he had a good time playing on the terrain. Once he figured out the ins and outs, you know, he kind of knew what he had to do, and he just had a had a good day, couple days of gaming. So, and I do want to brag about one more thing before we move on. But that was the the only GT I've ever been to in the history of ever. Well, I was toing, but I didn't play. But where we had thirty six people play round one on day one, and we had thirty six people playing round five on day two. Like that that's was so just, awesome. That's awesome. Just have the dude. There were guys there that went zero and five. That stuck it out all five fucking games, you know. Oh, yeah. And it's just, and it was just awesome to see those dudes still like having fun at the end of the day, still doing the thing. And uh, I'd love to see that again someday, but I'm doubtful. So <laughs> <laughs> but 
what were so what was your takeaways on the meta on with a GT? It seemed pretty diverse. Um, it was definitely if you really looked at it when we started getting to the top, infantry did do a little bit better than vehicle heavy. Um, and having a portion of your army really be dedicated to some sort of close combat, and it didn't need to be like close combat where you're like, no, this is my hammer unit, it's 400 points, it's going to kill everything, but you needed to be like, I've got to come around this building through this wall and at least contest your objective, be a big enough unit that I don't die immediately, whatever it is, but that felt like a big part of all of the top lists, and if you really didn't have that, you you did have to play differently. Um, I think the the neat part about GW Train with how you did it is, you know, we did layouts one and three, but at any time you could be like, "Nah, we're doing mission five layout two. Screw it, whatever." You could you can mix that up, and your games can really change just based on all of that. And the meta, I think, played with that with the layout one being all. The, the big kind of double L in the center. Um, people kind of focused on the turn two game where they're like, oh, I need to move up, I need to post up. And then you can try to shove out and or um, take over a game from there. And I think that's kind of what I saw and it did kind of play out that way. And I was super excited to see it. Good. Yeah, me too. I, I didn't see... I don't know. It felt like it was a lot of ways. There was there was a lot of contenders. I didn't feel like there was one army that was going to show up, one list that was just going to run away with it. Uh, you know, the guys that I felt like would do well did well, but the the guys that I felt like were going to do well brought a diverse a bunch of stuff. You know, not everybody oh, yeah. was doing you know triple triple night spinners with a uh, you know big blob of wraith <laughs> wraith guard and a farseer and. You know, everybody had a lot of different stuff. And and one thing I liked is you've been sticking with the Iron Storm. So, you know, you kind of got the ins and outs of it now. And I was looking at Iron Storm the other day. I've been playing Stormlance, and I've been really well competitively with Stormlance. I think over and all, I'm like 14, 1, and 1, you know, if you add up all my tournaments. Yeah. You know, and, and that's RTTs and, and 1GT. So it's not like I've been at a ton of GTs with it. But the 1GT I went to, I was 4 and 1 and took 5th. That was at Fleas with you where you did yep. fourth. And but the rest of them I've managed to go either three and oh at GT or RGTs, or I've went, you know, like two oh and a tie or two oh and a loss. And uh so I've done really well with Stormlands, but I've also been looking at Iron Storm. I just I just there's a lot of stuff in it. I've also played around with the idea of doing like a March of the Agents list with like Bjorn. Oh you know, and yeah, some, with Space and, Wolves. And, and some, with yeah. Space Wolves. And uh, so I've just <laughs> You know, I might not be as successful because I do think with uh, with Iron Storm right now, the way to go might be with Dark Angels and and Azrael, which I think you're playing in your list. But yeah, I'm gonna the, turn this the over. Sprinkle of Dark Angels. Sprinkle of Dark Angels. So, <laughs> but let's go. What do you What do you think? I guess my first thing would be, what do you? How do you think Iron Storm plays? Um, how do you think it plays on different terrain, like player place versus GW, and and why should someone play Iron Storm? What, can you answer those things? So I think Iron Storm, it's a lot of self-pilot, and that's the worst part about me. I do love Warhammer 40k, but man, when you get into the nitty-gritty, you're like, this army's got all these moving parts. I got to do all that. I'm like, man, you're going to lose me there. But play me something that you're like, these are the things, these are the tools, this is the design, and you have those things. Then you can unlock 
the idea behind them, I think a lot better. And that's always what I've done. So like that's a uh, ninth edition. I was, you know, before dark angels got really nerfed there, you know, 40 dark angels, terminators and just play board positioning. And now I'm like trying to lean into the vehicles and it's the same thing. Um, I find that the big thing about iron storm that is kind of counter to 10th edition is you really don't have all the tools all the scouts, all the like little things to pick up and down and get all the corner objectives. You got to kind of use every model you have every turn to get as much out of it as you can. Cause that's what it is with that single reroll. You've just got to, you know, I got 30 CP rerolls a game. Let's go. And you're just trying to out dice your opponent. And it ends up where you like start off a little back footy sometimes, but the second you can start cutting those angles and really getting to what you need or really bait an opponent out where they're like, I need to kill your Lancer because you stuck it out. Well, make them kill it with 500 points worth of models. And then you just turn back around and you've got to take over the board on that opportunity. And I think that's what I've always done with that one. Um, at your event, I was running the Land Raider Redeemer with Azrael, 10 dudes inside, and you just kind of use it as, you know, the confetti party bus, move it out to the center of the table. Nobody kills a Land Raider with like a single model or a single unit. They got to really typically go after it. So you stick it out there, you force your opponent to deal with it, and then they do, but then on that counterpunch, you're like, cool, I'm picking up your executioner. I'm picking up these two baby knights. I'm going to pick up all your sword brethren, whatever it was that they were using to win the game. And you just slam that thing right there. And then you can kind of overturn on the points. Um, the problem with the list, like I said, is you, you don't have all the little action monkeys. So typically you're in like the 92 to 94. You're not really 100 in any of your games or all of them. But you can get enough points, and then of course the big one is enough W's that you can crawl out of that. So what lists uh, you talked about? List. What's in your list right now? So right now I'm kind of running a pairs list. Um, I find a lot of the missions really want you to be playing two sides and then one thing in the center. If you can play that game where you can kind of meet your opponent on both sides of the board and somewhere else, you can typically squeeze out those points. So I'm running two Gladiator Lancers, two Ballistas Dreadnoughts, two Redemptor Dreadnoughts, and then one Land Raider with Azrael, 10 Assault Intercessors, just to be really points efficient. And then the Marine Special, some Inceptors, because they come down, they get you points, they kill stuff. They just, you know, still one of the best units in the game, even at their points. Yeah, I don't think they're overcosted at all. I think they're no. still great for for what they do. <laughs> Um, I think they'd probably go up a little bit more and I'd probably still use them. So. Oh, yeah. And then um, the, the big thing is I'm running the all three tech marines with all three enhancements because I think that's the reason you run Iron Storm is the advance and shoot, fall back and shoot as an aura, the blanket damage, and then the lethal hits guy. The lethal hits is is if you've got points, he's great, but he's not necessary. But man, the advance and shoot and the fallback shoot one, so many times you could be like, oh, I'm going to move this tank 10 inches from the other side of the board and then advance my guy towards it, meet him in the middle, and suddenly you're shooting a gladiator lancer or somebody touched with some idiot sister's unit or something. <laughs> so how do you uh how do you position your how do you position your tech marines? How do you how do you keep them either caught up or, or where they need to be to use those auras? Because you know, if all you look at a six inch aura, it's really like a 12 inch bubble altogether. Yep. You know, that 12 inch bubble, sometimes we like to think that's huge, but sometimes you need 
a little bit more in that, I feel like. So <laughs> how, how how careful are you with making sure you don't outrun, outrun your auras or you, you are where you can get to your auras if you need to do it? Uh, how much thought are you putting into that when you're when you're setting up and you're working? Typically, the idea is the blanket damage guy will be right on the butt of the land raider in the middle, and I'm going to probably advance him towards whatever objective I need to based on what cards I draw. So that tech marine's usually dedicated to running somewhere in the middle of the board because he's going to follow the land raider. Um, both the other ones are just my last drops. So I set up the board where everything but the land raider is typically really well hidden and then right on some piece of terrain so that the tech marine can come through the wall because everybody else has got to go around and just advance them every turn. Like you're just trying to keep up as fast as you can as, and if you've got to hold a ballistic dreadnought or a gladiator lancer back, but move something else like a redemptor forward, you just barely touch the edge of the redemptor, but you'll keep back and kind of touch the lancer so that no matter what happens, if they smoke that redemptor, whatever happens, you've got some sort of backup to fall down on that tech marine, getting the use out of him the whole time. And then, like I said, the other one is some of the auras. Like you were saying, you got a six inch move plus a six inch aura, then you're going to advance. And then all of the vehicles have an eight to 10 to 12 inch move. So if you need that aura, start meeting in the middle. And that's how you kind of get them. So the, the tech Marines are never way on the edges. They're always middle. They're always more towards the center of the battlefield than the objectives are. And then that way they can always kind of get where they need to when I need them. Okay. You mentioned uh, not having a whole lot of moving pieces or scouts or things like that. What uh, what do you think the shortcomings of Iron Storm are? What do you what do you have to watch out for? What do you think your bad matchups are, and like what that list does not play well into? It's been really weird. Um, really weird matchups are uh, now. I will say Custodes isn't a bad one, but it's one you got to watch out for because you do have good quality shots. But man, if they make just two or three of those four ups that you really needed to bring a unit down from like five dudes to just like two so that you don't get killed on the clapback, that's when you get really caught. Um, the worst matchups I think I've run into are the sisters with three exorcists because they can. They can just pound you over and over and eventually kill what they need to. And then um, I haven't run a against it yet but i have a feeling that my current list has a um bad matchup into the endless swarm dearnids list it's got real good quality and it has some volume but i don't think it has the volume necessary to really get the oc on the objectives especially if they're running like 30 gargoyles to uh are you doing plasma redemptors or are you doing uh, uh gatling redemptors my current list is gatling for that fear that it's like is oh it? man okay. Guards got a hundred dudes or endless swarm. I'm like, I gotta have the volume. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so, what combinations have you come up with? Do you? Uh, I mean, what what strats do you see yourself using most often? Uh, what what have you found yourself uh, that you know you should be good at that consistently happens or consistently pulls off that you like about the list? Um, the stuff that I really like to see is I, I love the Asriel. Uh, assault intercessor bomb it's 10 dudes it's dirt cheap it's 250 points for 10 guys plus asriel they've got a protection against mortals they've got a four up invul they roll wound rolls um 
they just have a lot of efficiency for not spending much on them. So they can kind of get the work done. And then Azrael is just a beast by himself. His weapons are all good. He shoots good. He fights good. So that one, I think, is a key to a lot of games that people aren't prepared for it. And then the other one is the Redemptor Dreadnought next... Um, sorry. The Redemptor Dreadnought with the lethal hits with all the Gatling. Uh, you spend the one CP after you've hurt something, and then you're suddenly like, that's my oath target. Uh, sustain hits fives and six, re-rolling everything. Oh, uh, take 30, 40 saves just out of nowhere. And sometimes you just wait to dice somebody. So when you really need to kill a unit, that's one of my favorites. Um, but a strat that I think is the biggest turn in Ironstorm, and I actually don't see people planning this or using it too often, is the one CP shoot back uh, when you get below half strength on a vehicle. The amount of games that like I'll put a Lancer out, especially like versus Knights players, because every one of their models is important. And they're like, boom, going to shoot you with the uh, overcharge, uh, not overcharge, but the Melta. And so you're like, I took seven or eight damage, right? Not 12. Yeah, seven or eight. All right, the Gladiator Lancer is going to shoot back now. It's dead. <laughs> and they're yeah. just like, oh, that was on an objective or that was going to charge you. Like suddenly they're like really screwed up with that one CP. So I almost always try to pocket holding to that one for for dear life if my opponent's got any kind of shooting because suddenly they're also like oh uh you're glad or not you're glad but um let's say your lane raider redeemers almost low and they're like oh we'll shoot a couple of pistols or something and they just aren't paying attention they get oh there are five wounds left all right here he comes <laughs> yeah i i heard you uh you know, mentioned the Lancer a few times baiting with it. Is that, is that pretty much because of the points of it? You think it's, it's, you know, a, a valid unit to do that with, or, you know, being in cover, it's kind of survivable. And usually some, a single melt gun is not going to take it off the board or a single thermal spear or whatever the hell, but uh, it's, is, you know, what do you bait with other units or is it predominantly the one you kind of go to sometimes? The Redemptor Dreadnoughts are my best bait unit because they are okay. T10 minus one. There's just a lot of points. But like when people, especially when you get them like near objectives, people really focus fire down on Redemptors and they just take way. You get them in cover, give them an arm, armor of contempt. Um, they've got to deal with them. So that's my favorite bait unit. But when I'm trying to do like the cross shooting matches, like let's say they, a lot of people I see like to run the uh, Repulsor Executioner. Maybe they just can't get gladiator lancers, but you know that's the next profile that's very similar, and that thing's like two thirty, two forty compared to one hundred and sixty points. And if they don't kill you, and especially because it doesn't have all the innate rerolls, like cool man, you did ten damage to me. Shoot back, almost kill a, a repulsor executioner like on the on the crackback for one CP almost every time, or. Um, the other part about the Lancer is the range and people know they kill stuff. So if you give them that line, they will probably overcommit also trying to get something that can get line of sight on it. And that really screws up a lot of people because they're like, I've got to kill those Lancers. They're going to wipe my whole army. And they're not wrong. They, they do pop stuff very consistently. So people get really over-focused on them. And I think that's why I like using them as a bait unit because you do, you can stick them out there and people are like, this is my chance, my opportunity. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, uh, trying to think about any other questions. So if you had to, cause dark, dark angels is kind of your go-to right now. 
And that's because of the efficiency of Azrael and, and what he brings to the army. What uh, are there any like any other Dark Angel specific things you think fit well in Storm or in uh, Iron Storm? Or have you tried playing around with anything else? Or currently, I am doing because I know that GW terrain is probably going to be in my very near future. Um, I'm switching up the list, and I've got one consistent change but then i've got a super all-in list that i'm really playing with that uh kind of goes a little bit deeper on the dark angels but in europe it's gotten really popular uh i play tested it twice in the last week and it's the double storm raven all in and then i've been adding the dark shroud to the list because it's not really expensive but it does give you just that little bit more durability to the whole army. And then you get another tool that's like a 16-inch move model that you can just go get area denial or go get on a tempting target because it's got a lot of movement. And I've gone second and I've gone first with that list. And if the double Storm Raven, two Redemptor Dreadnoughts, two squads of Eradicators, two squads of Assault Intercessors, if that goes first, it moves... 20 inches across the field on GW terrain. It just goes over all of those small two inch walls. It can get past all the hard angles and suddenly you're like, Oh neat. I just got shot by four multi-melted shots, four missiles, two last cannons, 48 bolters, two plasma redemptors, uh, multi-melted guys in multi-melted range turn one. And I think I've killed five or 600 points of armies completely hidden on turn one twice now with it. Jeez. It, it's, it's bananas. Uh, the more conservative list is the one that I'm playing right now because I don't own two Storm Ravens. I've been having to proxy that guy. Uh, I'm just switching the Land Raider out for a Storm Raven package with one Redemptor Dreadnought. And... On the GW train specifically, like that unit, I'm just sticking in the middle of the board and your opponent can either deal with it or they can't. But if they can't, you're suddenly like, I got a 20-inch move flyer, man. What are you going to hide from me now? Nothing. He's coming. <laughs> right. And I haven't played flyers in this edition, but that one in hover mode, you know, you lose the minus one to hit. But does it have the minus one to hit in uh Dark Shroud like gives you minus one to hit and cover all the time. Okay. Ooh. Very nice. Is is uh, the damage reduction on it at all? DR1. T10, 14 wounds, 3 up armor, and then with the Dark Shroud, negative 1 to hit and always in cover. <laughs> we uh, we rolled up because uh, the, the argument we were making is, well, what if your opponent's got enough shooting? And we were like took a couple of sample army lists where we're like, oh, it's Votan with two land forts and four Sagittars, and we were like kind of test rolled those up, and if they get everything within range and can use strats and are prepared they can kill kind of one storm raven <laughs> yeah that sounds pretty damn good so until uh, that thing is 300 points then then, then we're gonna be a that? problem until the storm raven becomes 300 points because yeah. gw right now is like oh do you have a plane on the board not for long <laughs> yeah they uh they do not want aircraft. I guess paying for the sins of of the past. The, those like, Eldar uh, sins. Yeah, remember when I was running eight Eldar flyers? Wasn't that fun? <laughs> that and the like six Stratoraptor Admech lists. Oh, make me throw up. Those were bad times. Yeah. <laughs> I still remember. I started playing the Eldar flyer list because uh, everybody was playing Tau, 
And uh, the first time I played Jason Rogers, he went to shoot a rip tie at one of my flyers, and I I put lightning flash reflexes on it. And uh, I was like, yeah, you can't roll seven, bud. Yeah, and it was, not possible. It was just, <laughs> he was like, well, what the hell am I supposed to do with that? And I was like, just not shoot it. Like, just so... I guess paying for those aircraft sins. So, and then Admet came and abused it, and et cetera, et cetera. So, well, that's cool. I, uh, I'd be interested to see how that list does. Uh, what's your next tournament you're going to try it with? Um, right now, I've got some personal stuff, uh, just medical stuff in the family going on, but I think I'm going to be able to make perils. Um, okay. But probably all of the middle of March or at least to like the 20th of March, I'm probably not going to be able to make a whole lot of stuff, but I'm hoping right after that, I'll be able to get right back into it. And then I'm going to do perils. I'm thinking about doing um, Branson. It's the first time I would have ever gone to Branson's uh, event. So those are the two that I've got to kind of lined up right now. Dude, uh, Branson brawl is a good tournament. That's what everybody tells me. I need to go. It's, it's a good dudes there. And Branson's a lot of fun. It's beautiful. So it's. I think you'll enjoy your time. That crew down there, cool. So I'll uh, I'll try and get there this year if things aren't crazy. But I got uh with the new store opening up. I'm not sure how much competition time I'll get in for the first couple of months, making sure it's not burning down. So, <laughs> uh, well, I you know I don't know, man. I I've thought about doing Iron Storm with Space Wolves. You know the problem is that I'm not sure you know how great it would be in competitive play. Because, uh, you know, like, like I think Bjorn is playable. You know, the, the problem with Bjorn is is he doesn't have an invuln, but he does have a, a feel no pain. You know, and you can you can put a multi-melt on him, or you can have, you know, the twin link glass cannon. I just, uh, every time I start to put a list together with him, he just seems so expensive that, like, you know, you could basically take a ballistas and and probably get more efficiency out of a ballistas than you that, would. That's the problem I I run into with a lot of Ironstorm lists is as you start putting them together, you're like, yeah, but these are real cheap. <laughs> yeah, it's you know, and and like I just a lot of people aren't fans of the ballistas, but I I like ballistas because you know you talked about the endless swarm. And that I think the ballistas offers you a little bit of flexibility there with yep. the missile launcher, you know, as if if you're into the the stuff that needs tanks cracked, you know, you can shoot the crack version of that missile and you can shoot the the last cannons and be just fine. But if you run into the you know words of hormigons coming at me, you know, you can shoot the you can shoot the the missile the missile part of it uh, and get it out of the way so i just i don't know i really like ballistas i need to probably pick up i've got one that came with my box set so i need to grab another one somewhere and i think they release in their own boxes soon so once yeah. i get two i might play around and experiment is it two so. two feels good 140 for that model uh and it's not the damage i find like they do do damage which is fine but man that t10 two up armor at 140 points you're like dude this thing's frustrating to kill <laughs> Yeah, I just, I like it. I like the profile, um, you know, and, and like you said, if you need to keep that back to hang out by a tech Marine, you know, it feels like a pretty solid unit that someone yeah. has to put some serious shooting into to get it away. So it's, uh, it does have that purpose as well. But yeah, I don't know, man. I, I initially want to talk to you and be like, hey, let's figure out a Space Wolves Iron Storm list. But like, 
the more I look at it, the more I'm like, man, I'm just, I'm wasting my time. I just need to probably let the fanboy go on that one. And <laughs> if I play Spaceballs, it's going to be Stormlands. And if I decide I'm going to do Iron Storm, I might just do something else. So I, I'm intrigued to see Space Wolves as uh, the Firestorm Assault. Is that the other one? Because I feel like it's always the plus one to wound is is the key, I think, if you're going to try to bring something melee. Yeah. And well, the the way I've been doing it in uh, the Stormlance is uh, the the Wolf Lord that's in a unit, you know, gets a free strat, yep. and then uh, the other Wolf Lord gets, uh, you know, he can spin the the shock assault. So if he pays for shock assault, the other Wolf Lord, if you got them both charging in the same turn, you know, they both can get the lance with their uh, with Grandma's spoon or the the heirloom weapon. <laughs> so it's. <laughs> I've I've found that the key to that though is if you gotta you gotta the so Thunderwolf Cav I think are really good in Stormlance. But like you said, you have to have that plus one to wound because they're rocking like a, a strength five. Yeah. And so ev even like something that's strength ten, you're going from sixes to fives. But the the key to having those units work is buckets of dice and lethal hits. Yep. Uh you have to have that wolf guard battle leader in there. If you don't have that wolf guard battle leader in there, you're going to regret not having the lethal hits because you're wounding most shit that's a strength ten or higher on fives. You know your your wolf lords and your wolf guard battle leaders with thunder hammers and lance can do just fine, but they're not going to bring down something on their own. You know, you're going to need the buckets of dice that come from the heirloom weapons and the and the dogs, which are hitting on fours. You know to oh, get I the lethal. I forgot about that they're hitting on fours with the claws. Yep. right. It's uh, and it's all AP one too. So it's yeah. like you need you need to do as much as possible. You need to ha hopefully have it oath. <laughs> <laughs> if it's oath and you get a charge off on it, you need to have it lanced, and then hopefully you have the wolf lord that has the uh, strength ten thunder hammer that's AP four. You know, doing three uh, damage with dev wounds upgrade. and, yeah. and le lethal hits. You know, so you can. It's a lot of hokey pokey to make them work in Stormlands, but I haven't tried. I tried Vanguard. I didn't do very well with Vanguard. And uh, I haven't looked at like Iron Storm uh, or not Iron Storm. What was the one you said? Firestorm? The Firestorm. Yeah, because I, I think Salamanders with uh, Tor, what's his name, is still go way to go to if you're going to do Vulcan. that detachment. Yeah. yeah. Um, Vulcan Vulcan is it's so hard to get away from that when you're like, dude, he brings so much to the table. Right. And that's another one where like he that detachment, if you're gonna run it, he's almost an auto include because if you do something else, you're 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 not as efficient as you could be because yep. he's he's kind of the man. So but I don't know what were you thinking about Space Wolves in regard to that one? Um I just feel that like if you start doing the like the bus options, or uh, if it you can bring one or two units of the uh, the Wolfguard Cavalry, and the second you're able to get into melee, if you're able to do the plus one to wound strat, all that stuff, um, you you suddenly become a lot more efficient. And I guess it's it's just a little bit easier to do than Gladius, but Gladius probably still has the most flexibility. Like there's just yeah. no way that I can ever take that away from that detachment. Gladius, if you're trying to do more than one thing god gladius is good at it <laughs> yeah you know my problem with gladius there's there's a lot of moving pieces and i just yep. don't want moving pieces because i'm already 
you know, you, you can sit around and theory hammer all day and be like, if this happens, I do this. If this happened, I do this. We all know that, like, under the stress of a game, we forget that shit sometimes. Oh, yeah. You know, and, like, you'll be two turns later or the next round and think of a scenario and be like, God damn it, I forgot to use that strat. You know, and, and and that's and Gladius was the attachment. I found myself doing that always doing that. Oh, yeah. You know, like, you, you know, someone will talk about scenario and talk about the strat they use. and You'll be like, fuck, you know, I've been in that like five times and forgot about that strat every single time it happened, you know, and and so that's kind of why I steered away from Gladius. Like for lack, I'm probably just not smart enough for it. So, <laughs> at the end of the day, that's what it boils down to is probably. I don't know. There's probably this, uh, my buddy Steve. I don't know if you met Steve Hetmeyer over the weekend. No, I don't uh, think I did. Yeah. Steve is a guy that likes moving pieces and he loves Gladius. And I think it's an absolutely great detachment. I just don't think it's for me because I can't keep up with it. That's, that's, <laughs> just, that's like me. Hey, the vehicles, they can shoot in melee. I'm just going to keep shooting. Well, what happens if people tie you up? I'm just going to keep shooting. I don't know what you want me to say. <laughs> yeah. It's like, so anyways, I started blasting. You know yeah. it's like, so. Well, good, man. Um, are you guys still doing the YouTube battle reports or are those slowed down? or? No, we, we had to get rid of the... Uh, sadly, had to stop doing the, the YouTube channel. Just it became too much of, um, you know... Circus and monkeys, just trying to get everybody always trying to get one in. And we did the experiment for a year and a half. We really wanted to see like how fast can you get a channel to grow? And we actually had some pretty good success. We were right at 400 people, um, but still shy of being able to be monetized. And without getting that extra pool from all over the place, you're just, you're just kind of throwing videos into the uh, ether. And especially for the amount it was mostly like a part-time job that it was added on top of my normal work and everything. And I was just like, if I'm gonna have to keep pulling teeth to get this done, we just just not gonna yeah. be able to do it, guys. Well, the thing about like what seems to be the thing about 40k content is, you know, there's a point where it becomes like a like an old loaf of bread and it's stale. Yeah. You know, it's like if you know the second there's a balanced data sheet, like all those old battle reports are just done. You know, that, if that was so painful. Yeah, <laughs> if, and if you, you guys were rocking them, I think in. when we got them quarterly too, huh? Yeah. When you yeah. got a video in, you would get one like recorded and you're like, cool, I'm going to edit it and get it all set up. And then they're like, oh, by the way, we're changing everything next week. And you're like, I have to get a, me a video out immediately so that it can get out on the information dump that got out. But the one that I've got in my pocket, if I put that out that week, nobody's watching that thing because it doesn't yeah. have all the newest information in it. It's already <laughs> no good. So It's already bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, cool. If uh, if you guys are ever up in the Shawnee, Kansas area, Kansas City area, uh, Warhammer Anonymous, they 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 home out of a shop called the Geekery, um, and the Geekery is a hell of a nice place. It's a it's a cool shop. I love that store. Yeah, it's it's a pretty good store. Every time I go to town, um, like I said, I was up there handling my brother's affairs when he passed away, and just popping in just because I like that store. So it's uh, it's a good place to game, good place to hang out, and it's a good crew up there. So you guys should check it out if you're here in the Shawnee, Kansas area. So, Kyle, you got anything to add on the way out of this, man? I appreciate your time tonight. I appreciate your feedback. 
No, man. Uh, I just I love love talking to you. I'm glad I'm able to finally get on this thing. I just want the Lord Marshal to keep putting out events. Uh, people keep coming to him and keep supporting the hobby. Um, I love talking to all the big guys. Oh, my dogs are trying to kill me in the background. Uh, <laughs> I, but I, I just love going to all the events, all the big stuff, the FLGs, and just being able to talk to people. Like even just hanging out with uh, War Games Live and stuff like that. It's it's some of the best stuff I've done over the last two years. I love it. It's uh, it's grown men and ladies socializing, you know, in a in good clean fun. Yep. So it's uh, I, I thoroughly enjoy it. But I do appreciate you coming on tonight, Kyle. And uh, I probably might hit you up, have you come back on soon if you're interested. It's a good 40k discussion tonight. And uh, that's uh, that's it for tonight, people. Remember, if war gaming was easy, it would be your mom. And uh, go check us out on Patreon. You'll get this episode early. And uh, the unwashed masses will get it a day or two later. So you get a little bit of perks for being on Patreon. Thanks for listening, guys. Game over, man. It's game over. <laughs> <laughs>